Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, this is the EFL Freezer Crowd podcast, where we take a light-hearted look at all things Football League. You scumbaggy maggot, Matt Smith, Troy Barrett. <laughs> I'm James, lifelong cough fan, and I'm joined each week by self-proclaimed Statman Luke and resident Millwall fan Andy. Gary Monk sacked after a, a nil-nil draw with Millwall as well, although most <laughs> clubs in the Football League would die for a result like that. <laughs> We'll be covering important news, a run through the games, and our all-important goal of the week. Yes. (laughs) 3-0 to the own goal. (laughs) Find us with a new episode each Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You're listening to Acton Law, broadcasting from the beautiful South Berlin. Except no sandwiches. Dear listeners, welcome to uh, the Achtung Millwall review of the year. Joining me in this review is a stellar gathering of Millwall voices and opinion, and as well as from the media itself, Mr. Aaron Paul joins us from Radio 5. How are you, Aaron? Yeah, not bad, pal. Good to be back. Feels like ages since I've done an Acting Millwall. Ages. Well, you're busy with your media, the glittering world of the media, mate, and so, you know, it's not... I won't go that far, pal. It's we not can, a can, way, <laughs> <laughs> Joining us from the city of London, the heartland of the, the money-making machine that we hope will power this country to a Brexit future, Mr Michael Avery. Good, good afternoon, good evening, good morning, and this is from the glittering career of facilities management. <laughs> Joining us from the heartland of the motor industry that's going to power us into the 2030s with our electric future, it's Mr Harry Warren. Good afternoon, dear listeners. <laughs> I'm back. COVID-19 did not kill me, and I am currently alive. <laughs> COVID-19 is a good way to start. It's a review of the year, listeners. We, we thought we'd, um, as is traditional in many, many shows at this time of year, they do a look back at the, at the year. And I think it's fair to say each and every one of us listening to this show, each and the, certainly each and every one of us doing the show, and even though I'm 60 years old now, it's the, certainly the strangest year of my life. I have nothing to compare it to, and I don't think any of us involved in the show or anyone listening to this show will be able to say any different. Um, So we're going to be looking back at the year 2020, and it is, rightly or wrongly, dominated by that word COVID. Um, It's quite odd when you look back at the start of the year, chaps. I don't know if any of you have done any research for this, but you look back at January just to start the year off. And the opening day of, uh, of, of 2020 was a 3-1 win over Luton Town at the Den. It looks like a different world. 
you know, there's a full den. It's a winter's um, afternoon, as memory, memory serves. Under the floodlights towards the end, it's a good wind for the lions. Crowd involved. It looks like some, you know, some parallel universe looking at it from, from here one year back. It's, it's a very strange thing. Um, I, I don't know how you found it, but I found it quite, quite um, almost emotional to look back at those, those early months of the year with, with full crowds. Yeah, no, I, I, I have to agree, Nick. Um, it's it's it is really strange, and and I don't I don't know about you guys or the listeners, but I'm I'm even now slightly in the psyche where, as much as you know, you want things to go back to normal. I mean, who doesn't? But it's a bit you you still have that thing in the back of your mind. How would it work? Would I ever feel totally comfortable? And, and until the entire world's vaccinated, would I ever feel t- entirely comfortable being in situations where there's more than five, six, seven people around me. And even then would I feel comfortable them being too close. But yeah, it, it does. It does feel weird. And and it's it, it's just slightly off the topic of football. I mean, like I, I asked the listeners to do it now as well. Scroll back through your phone. Look look at phones, um, your photos from before March, what you were doing, you know, when you were going out, you know, when you was going to the football or you was in the pub with your mates having a beer before a game and all this or you know, you was filming yourself in the stands and you even things like tweeting, you know, oh, I can't wait for the game on Saturday. It's a totally, totally different world. And, you know, you, you can't have a review of 2020 without without talking about how much this has impacted everyone. No, it's it's it's, it's totally changed everything. I, mean, I, was, I was trying to make some notes to think, well, how can we do a 2020 review? Because you've got the football and obviously that's, um, you know, that's the reason why we're all, we're all doing this today. But you can't look at football in isolation, in my opinion. And what struck me, just looking at that that footage of Mill beating uh, Luton that day, is is that point that you've just made, Michael. All the things you took for granted, you know, for me, you know, you took for granted the fact you'd pull up in your car, walk along a fairly um, narrow um, pavement along Elderton Road, in my case, once you get past the railway station, you, you, you're walking near people, you're walking into Zampa Road, where you think you, then you'd thought nothing about pushing past people to get to your crowded entrance, you're queuing up fairly close proximity uh, into a crowded, um, you know, downstairs, up the stairs of the den, through the crowd, we're gathering around all the things that you, you you did so naturally, and yet now you'd think twice about doing. Will we ever get it back? I, I at the moment it's hard to see it. Maybe the vaccination program. I don't know whether we're going off topic here, boys, but for me that's the thing that the year is defined by that loss of normality. How do you feel about that, Aaron? I mean, you, you you're, you're still going, but I mean, I've look, I've been lucky enough, if you want to consider it lucky, to to go to football obviously through work. And I've seen both sides of it. I've seen empty grounds like I did last night. Last night, by the way, I was at Norwich last night. Um, uh, they drew 1-1 with QPR. Carrow Road was eerie. It was really, really weird. Like, it's actually quite a nice ground. It's a nice ground. It's nicely done, yeah. Carrow Road. Yeah. Um, it's actually a nice place to go and watch football as well. The sight lines are nice. But yesterday was weird. Very creepy walking, getting into the ground. I got in at what? I mean, 7.45 kickoff. I got to Carrow about quarter past 20 past six. And the car park was basically empty. Like there was what, 20 cars there? And I was like, okay, there are no lights on, empty. And the security guard, you know, when he just goes, yeah, just take it where you want, mate. And I'm like, okay, yeah, cool. And then you get round into the actual bowl of the stadium. And there was no music. The lights were on, no music. There was just a few people milling around. It was very, very strange. I've had that. I've had grounds where I've seen 2,000 fans, where I've seen 1,000 fans, and trust me, they make a difference. 
I've really come to appreciate what I do. I've come to appreciate what football fans do as well. Um, the atmosphere and they, that, football fans are the reason I actually do my job. Like going to ground, especially in the football league, you get some of the best atmospheres out there. Yesterday, Carrow Road have been, would have been rocking, you know, all the kids off school, um, you know, a rammed, rammed ground. You know, I think some of the other grounds I've been to, you know, Forest, empty. It's a very creepy place, the city ground, when it's empty. The Den, uh, empty. I didn't go for when there were fans, you know. It's, it's, football grounds weren't built to be empty places and, and they look horrendous when they're empty and they feel horrendous when they're empty. Um Again, I'm with Michael. Where you think about the logistical issues, and you think about how are we, how are we, how is this going to happen? What what is going to happen? You know, are we going to go from two thousand to four thousand to six thousand? Is there going to be a percentage cap? Mate, let's be fair. Five o'clock today, the the prime minister's making a statement. We haven't got a clue what's coming in the statement. We haven't got a clue what's going on. It's the blind leading the blind right now. When they should have locked this country down properly seven eight months ago stuck the army on the streets like they did in Wuhan. <laughs> you know, <laughs> let's be fair, they didn't. They didn't. And everywhere you go, you're going to have people crying about COVID, but those same people will go and flout the rules if they can. They'll still, they'll, still, they'll still fuck around. It's a very strange time. It's a very, very strange time. I think my biggest thought right now is if we're going into a three-month lockdown, uh, I need to buy myself a PlayStation really, really quickly. Unusually, listeners, we're doing this on video, so I've got I've got people waving frantically their fingers at me to make their point. I'm going to go to Michael, then Harry. We haven't heard from you yet, but Michael first, and then Harry. Yeah, I was, I was just going to. You, you were saying about the logistics and the numbers of people going in, um, Aaron, and and you can say about the the lockdowns, listeners, and your opinions on them if they work, if they don't work, tier systems, and all this. But I was having a discussion with somebody yesterday as well, and you and it's not it's not necessarily it's the sort of getting people in. It's it's also these events that are happening in the sense that we've had the Olympics cancelled and, you know, they, they plan that for midsummer um, 2021 or, uh, and same as the Euros, you know, we'll knock it on because by then we should be fine. We should have the vaccine rolled out or we should, we should have nipped this in the Well, that's the opinion. You've now just seen a recent statement. I'm not sure if any of you, you on the panel or even listeners are too much into their athletics as well, but the Boston Marathon, which is normally um, an April event has moved okay. to the fall of 2021. They've just put a statement that say they cannot even confirm a date for next autumn 2021 yet. And this is a country who's starting vaccine programs as well. I know it's a different story because America's a much larger country, much more people, and there's the obviously state by say how they do things. But if you think as well, how 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 would we have to rethink Euro 2020 to some point? Because Almost with this virus, with, exactly, because with this virus at the moment, this virus is very much, we have to keep things sort of locked in or, or keep people from moving around unless they have essential, basically, reasons to, to live. The whole point of Euro 2020 is to make it a European tournament where people are travelling and to experience Europe. So Harry, what do we do there? Harry, amongst us on the show, your year has been defined by COVID in, in many ways, more than more than any of us, really. How, how, how do you see things, mate? Um, I suppose, obviously, originally, I suppose was flipping about it, looking back at January and March, just thought it was a bit of, you know, we've had bird flu scares in my lifetime, you know, mad cow disease, all these sort of scaremongering. And the British media, unfortunately, were the you know, um, 
the boy who cried wolf to a certain extent. And I think we all were a bit like that really at the beginning. Um, that obviously very quickly, clearly wasn't the case. And thinking back to sort of March when we originally locked the country down, when we were in a much better state than what we are in now in terms of NHS beds yeah. and declaring an emergency and so far and so forth. Um, and in terms of football, um, football without fans is very difficult to get into. I think for anyone, it is like playing a game of football manager on, on your laptop or whatever. It's not, it's not the same. Um, going forward in terms of COVID, obviously doing the volunteer for the ventilators, which, you know, um, hopefully are, are working. Hopefully that someone's got them. I don't know where they are. I don't know who they're helping. I don't know what they're doing. I can't give you that information. I'm sure they are. Um, but then to get COVID, which I got just before Christmas. I yeah, got, you, had a, you had a hard bout of it, didn't you? I had really bad. I lost about stone in weight, couldn't eat. Yeah, really struggled to keep drink down. I had sort of the neurovirus type of COVID. I had all the COVID symptoms rolled into sickness, diarrhea, everything like that. Um, so yeah, that was pretty bad. Um, and it's not it's not worth messing about with. I'll be totally honest. I know how I got it. My mum works in a school. She got it from the school. Mm -hmm. That's it. My point since August, and it will still be the same, and I'll say it on here, the rates when the kids went back to school went up. They're the only thing that haven't been shut since the original lockdown. They are the only thing, they are the only, if we were taking the schools as a workplace, they are the only ones who don't have a testing procedure. The kids get on public transport, the same as you do to go to work. They, and they're teenagers, so they don't listen to what they're told, because none of us did. Right. The decision has to be now this evening, as we sit here, that in tier four areas, as a trial, you shut the schools for a month. If that goes down in those areas, you roll that out elsewhere. I don't know how more simple I can make it. I'm imploring people. I called for an ambulance for somebody the other day. It was a 12 hour wait for an ambulance. They're not fucking about, they can't do it. it we're at a point worse than we were in April. The point about football, the difference with football at the elite level, is they're getting tested three times a week. You're not getting tested three times a week. I don't know if the nurses and doctors are getting tested three times a week. For Sam Allardyce to come out and say what he said after taking a job two day or two weeks earlier or whatever is laughable. The man's a clown. The man should not be involved in these discussions. These discussions, football is a release for people. And the fact that they're being tested three times a week, I know there's games off. I know there's games off, but there is a duty of care to continue. If you expect a doctor and nurse to go and do their job, and you expect, let's, let's, let's take it, people who work in Tesco's and ASDA, they haven't been protected like professional football players. No, they're still not going to do their job. I, I don't understand this trying to belittle what other people are doing. You're being tested. You'll work until you're told not to. There is a little bit like that. I'm still going to work. Michael's at work now. It's very, very frustrating to have people that are getting tested regularly and have procedures in place to the best level of care, the best level of doctors and, and, and things around the club to be talking down to people about how they're scared. They've got no right to be scared compared to other people. Just to, you, you've made an interesting point there, Harry. The whole thing's interesting, don't get me wrong, but one point struck me. Um, football's a release for people um, because I think, you know, we, we all read the same news. You've had your experience. Um, members of my family have had it. Um, I've read about it. I've been fortunate that I've managed to avoid it um, because we're trying to shield members of our family who are, who are vulnerable. 
I don't know how we've done it. It's a, it's a small fucking miracle how we've avoided yeah. it so far. And I can't. The only reason, the only way I've avoided it is by pretty much being the most boring bastard in the world and saying like, every one time anyone wants to do anything, I'm saying no. Um, so anyway, that's 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 my life. But the point that struck me in what you just said is that football is a release. Um, it, it, it is. It, it is. Although I, I don't know if I'm alone. I want to get all of your four views on this. That football in the current environment feels slightly empty. Um, there isn't. There are no fans. It seems to matter a lot less to me in the absence of personal attendance. I've been following it on iFollow like we all have, but it's a hard thing to, to force yourself to do each week, um, every, every couple of days at the moment. Does football have a place at the moment, given that we do seem to be on the, on the brink of, a, of, a, of another hard period ahead? Um, I, I, I don't know. I struggle with this question. Does, it, does football matter enough for it to continue in the face of what seems to be another impending tough time ahead? The, the point with it, does it have a place? I suppose the only time you really can concede this to wartime, yeah? If you only take this back to sort of... I would like compare this year to wartime. I, yeah, I absolutely, right? So it only works... When the government says you do stuff, people in 1940, you had the choice, two choices. You either did it or you got shot for treason or you got thrown in nick, basically. Those were the three choices, yeah? Mm. There's a lot of like pearl clutching from certain sections of the media and whatever about restrictions and totalitarian regimes and so on and so forth. The problem with this country is we don't do what we're told, right? That clearly is the fact, because if these things worked, we'd be okay by now. Right, if we listened, but people don't want to listen. People believe the vaccine's bollocks. People believe the virus. Some people don't even believe the virus is real. Right, this is the level of mentalness that we're at. Football, for me, at the moment is very difficult to watch Millwall. I'll take Millwall on its own. I think that's because Millwall was shit. I'll be totally honest. Right? <laughs> I'm watching Amazon and I'm quite enjoying games in the Premier League, and I have no no connection with these teams. But I'm watching it and it's an entertainment. It's a release. You know, the Amazon game was at six o'clock last night. I watched that goal show. Never done it before. I'm off. I watched it. Oh, it was all right. I was quite entertained by it. Tim Sherwood is a mental pundit. So it's quite interesting to see him have a breakdown for an hour and a half. It's, it is a release. But it's the same release as going to a movie or going to a thing. It's purely entertainment at that point. For the team I care about and I love, the tech to not be there is a massive problem. So I'm actually not entertained watching Millwall. So I understand your point about going, is it right, wrong, or if I still to continue? They are continuing. I don't, I'm taking the Premier League. I don't know how many cases there are among the Football League. I don't think we're going to know that. But it's very strange that we've decided now, when we've had cases like Gary Rowett not being able to go to games, having to self-isolate, and the game continued. Yeah. I don't really think anyone really understands these COVID rules of how many players means that you can't play, how many players mean you can, what the infection rate's got to be within the side. It's very confusing. There was 19 games off, I think, across the Football League um, over the weekend. There's increasing numbers, yeah. Yeah. Of course, there will be increasing numbers. But if they're tested and you are being tested, at least we know. The difference is if, if you know, you can deal with that. Now... Are they a separate industry to everyone else? No. But is the financial fallout of them stopping now, remember how bad it's been for them, can they afford to stop? I don't think they can afford to stop. I think that's the general thing. You know, where we're saying, oh, yeah, points per game. It's the closest Premier League season in years. They can't do points per game. 
it, it, the season will be null and void. We discussed this last season. Should we finish this season and however long it takes? We didn't, if we were going to get to this point with the benefit of hindsight, we shouldn't have, we should have ended last season with results and not started until we knew we were going to be able to finish it. Because this is what we discussed last year. Aaron, as a, as, as a, as a non-Millwall fan, as a fan of um, one of the major clubs of, of, in the country, um, it's, I mean, it's, it's a strange situation, isn't it? Because, you know, um, on the one hand, on the one hand, for many, many fans of Premier League football, it's, it is a televisual experience anyway. So there's probably no great change there. But for many, many real fans of the game, including Premier League fans, not being there, it can't feel... I mean, United are on a roll at the moment. They're looking good first time in a while. So is it the same feeling? I mean, do you, do you get the same surge? Not at all. Surge I miss going. I miss going so badly. I miss going there. I miss going to Millwall. I miss going to Wimbledon. I miss going to every single ground. I miss actually feeling it, actually experiencing it. Um, Harry's mentioned that players are tested. I think the big thing in the EFL is that the lack of testing is the fact that they're not tested enough at all. Um, and it's another thing. Target that testing, isn't it, Aaron? Yeah, it's it's a very very strange because obviously the EFL haven't got the resources that the Premier League have. No, they don't. No, you know, and they, they need they needed a Premier League bailout. I just wonder. I I in my opinion, I think that the season will get paused again. Yeah. The problem we've got we've got with the pause is that UEFA uh, and FIFA have set a tournament in the summer mm. that has to go at a certain time. Um, in reality, what they should have done is biffed off the the international games in September, October, November, condensed the season there, and it would have allowed for like a, a bit of a break. You know, it would have allowed for a bit of a break. No one needs the Nations League right now. No, no. one needs the Nation League's Nations League in general. Um, there's been a whole bunch of mistakes made here. But then again, you know, people, I always look at this, people are human. We're human. We, we, we make mistakes. Granted, there's people in top jobs who have to make these difficult decisions. We make mistakes. No one's ever been through a situation like this. Let's be fair. This country hasn't seen a situation like this since what? Second World War? Oh, this is the only thing I would compare it to. I, 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 I can't think of when, you know, when else something has, has rocked this country as big as as big as this. Let's just hope that we are turning a corner with this vaccine. See some normality in May. It'll probably be the second half of 2021. Yeah. Let's be fair. It won't, I, I can't see it. Maybe hopefully spring brings something, but the next few months are going to be very, very, very difficult. And it's just disappointing to see other countries around the world where they took things a little bit more seriously than us, um, who are trying to get back to normality now, who are, who are basically sort of 75 to 80% of the way there. Football is is a strange one where it's all. Unfortunately, it feels like this is like a, a a sign from from something above, which is just saying slow down. Mm. You look at the masses of money that are, are ploughed into these games and and that rest on these games. It's insane. It's absolutely insane. You know, clubs pleading poverty. Look at Sheffield Wednesday paying seven thousand pound a month cap in their wages. You know, they, they, they can't afford to pay wages. One of the, And they've got money as a club. They've got money. Um, it's just a weird time, Nick. It, it gives me a headache just thinking about it. When you just look at the whole grand scheme of things, there's so much to take into account. And let's be fair, until we have direction from the government, no one knows what's going on. 
So from my point of view, as you said, it's just proven the pyramid's broken. Uh, I think it's, um, it's ridiculous. I mean, in terms of, we're talking about the top level, elite level sport. Let's, let's take this back to, let's link it to our Lionesses, who are a tier six women's side, who haven't been allowed to play, um, aren't allowed to play. There's no testing at that level. That is the exact reason why they're not allowed to play. Now, as I said before, I'll go back to this. The FA have vast amounts of money at their disposal and at this particular time did not back a quality within its own game. It didn't test. They could have tested football players, any professional football player or semi-professional football player, they could have afforded to roll on tests and help the NHS and help the government. Because the only way you find out if you've got it, if you're asymptomatic, is to test. And this has annoyed me. There is a million, there are really wealthy people in this time who have kept their hands in their pockets and have not helped. And this is what annoys me. It's a time, it's, I'm not, you know, my politics are not communistic in any way, shape or form. You know, you make money, fair play to you, good luck to you. But in this particular time, it was right for people to do what they could to help people. We are now at a point where people are dying because they don't have the basic medical care that you would come to expect within this country. Football is an insignificant thing in comparison to that. But when we get through this next month, wherever that may be, when we go to open things up again, I look at the comparison to the gyms and so on and so forth. When I walked into my gym, the people walking around, because it was in everyone's best interest to clean, to keep the items, to keep the gym open, yeah, yeah. the difference between going to a gym and a supermarket was ridiculous, absolutely insane, night and day. My gym, I felt I could have had open-heart surgery on the floor. It was that <laughs> thing, right? And I, I, I'd be that thing. Now, you're not telling me that we can't do that as a society at every level of football. I just think you've got to be tested. The testing is the thing. And I don't need a vet. Like, obviously, I, I didn't know this till afterwards. If I get tested now, I'll test positive because I've got the antibodies, Yeah. So if I go anywhere and someone tests me, I'll automatically be contacted by our fantastic track and trace thing and they'll tell me to self-isolate. And track and trace is another thing. We won't even go into that. Okay, so let's, let's give Michael, let's give Michael a go. Um, I, have to, I have to be honest, um, what we're saying about football and, and, and you're right, Aaron and, and Harry and Nick and all the things you're saying. I think, I think for me, well, for starters, I've just got to receive a text message from one of my friends who just said that Spurs and Fulham's off. So, um, that, yeah, it has one. that kind of feeling again, Michael, doesn't it, that we yeah. had back in March? Um, yeah, but it's just, it, if what I would do, if I was to do this circuit break that people are talking about, or Aaron, like you say, when you never break, I would firstly, um, I, and this is listeners, before you start messaging how much of a dickhead Michael Avery is, which <laughs> you probably think, but you don't email it. Yeah, take your attention off Harry for the new year. Um, this, this isn't me trying to sanitise the game or make it more, you know, sort of like non-fan friendly, but I'd go back to what it was right at the beginning when we relaunched the game. No spitting, no hugging, no that kind of thing, if you want the game to continue. Because what you're seeing is, is where Aaron, yes, you say that people are human, totally get that. Totally understand, you know, people might relax the rules or, or you know, they might do things that, you know, technically on paper you're not meant to do. But... You're in a situation where, let's take, for example, us four. Say us four regularly tested and we work together. Even if we regularly, regularly posted negative tests, 
we still legally in speech marks legally won't be allowed to shake hands or touch each other mm. not that we'd want to touch each other too much but you get my point we can't shake hands we can't put our arms around each other we can't do anything like that so you're seeing people who aren't regularly being tested doing this on a football pitch when you score a goal celebrate coming off the pitch punching hands arms around giving it all that sort mm. of thing if you want to keep this infection rate down, because this is what happened when the Spurs player got infected and they were playing Norwich in a friendly or a cup game and they said, well, actually, Norwich is fine because they only used to mix that person for 12 seconds at a corner. That's what you're going to need to do. Also, as well, if I was part of the Football Association, the Football League, Premier League, whatever you want to call it, I would be more transparent with the bubble system because you're seeing at the moment, you're saying that players are in their bubbles and... So that actually negatively, if you see players getting infections or managers getting infections, you're subconsciously going to attack that player and go, well, you was in a bubble and you broke the rules. But actually, when you actually hear what the bubbles are, a good example is um, to plug up another podcast here, the Good, the Bad and the Ugly um, Rugby podcast. When the Barbarians game was called off in October, there was a lot of outcry at the Barbarians players who broke the rules because of the social uh, of the bubble that was created. But when you actually looked at what that specific bubble was, they weren't quarantined in a hotel. The English-based players could actually go back home and see their families. So, Harry, this is what you're saying with the schools. If these players are allowed to go in their actual associated bubble, but then someone in their bubble is infected and then they take it to the camp, you can't blame the players. I know there was a few who went for a drink and all that kind of thing. So that's what I would do. I'd, I'd sort of make it a bit more militant, make it a bit more regular testing. Harry, yes, find a way of try and get these players at EFL and sort of women's levels tested more regular. But if you want to get this season completed and you want this season to be completed without an asterisk, you've got to be more strict with your testing and your bubble regimes, I think. Very good. Um, I, I, I didn't know this until I started watching the NBA. I've got a little bit of a thing. I watched the last dance during lockdown. I've got back into basketball. I knew Michael Jordan and that's where it ended, right? So now I'm sort of trying to pick a side. And Space Jam. Yeah, I'm of that era. Um, but they had a bubble system and they played at one place and finished it. Just went, we are going to finish this. You're all in the bubble. You've got to stay in this hotel. The hotel shut down. This is that. Well, that's now, how cricket has done it as well. So, yeah, yeah. so <laughs> what we're saying is, is if we do have that break, Aaron, you'll know the schedule's a little bit better than I will. Now, let's be honest. Does anyone give a shit about the League Cup? Uh, let's be honest. I don't. Man United probably don't want to really care. Do you care? Particularly, it, in should, particular it shouldn't have been staged, Harry, should it? I mean, it shouldn't have been staged because it gave, again, like Aaron was saying about UEFA are never going to cancel their fixtures and neither a fever, but we had control of our own destiny in our league, so we shouldn't have hosted the League Cup. The League Cup should be binned off. Man City can't play Man United, bin the other two off, split the prize money between the four of them. Call it that it never happened. I don't care, right? Probably the clubs don't care if they're honest, right? That gives us a little bit of flex. Then we come to the Champions League. Champions League can be staged over in two locations, two pots for the rest of the thing, in two bubbles. Done. Play at the play at the end of the season, like you did last season. That's good. So that's how they that's how they completed it last season. Let's call that now. Let's, let's make these decisions now. It's not got any fans. Let's call it now. The Euros in the end will be can literally the original plan of the Euros. If I remember rightly, this year it was called last year. Well, this year just gone. It was going to be hosted over a couple of cities, weren't it? Four cities um, or something. It was a Europe-wide like Europe tournament. Four cities, split it, no fans, 
call it for the end of the season. It doesn't matter. The next season doesn't matter. UEFA come out and say it does not matter when you start. We'll deal with whatever the knock-on is. We need to host this tournament. Someone needs to just start going, this is it. This is what we're doing. Fuck it. But we're going into bubbles. And if you don't want to turn up and play, you don't have to play. There's thousands of countries that didn't qualify that would have to play in these bubbles. Think of Denmark, 92, we're on the beach and won it. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's got to be done. If you're going to continue, these are the decisions that you've got to make. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. You're listening to Achtung Norwell. We should probably talk a bit about football. But before we do, I just want to, I had to laugh at Sam Allardyce the other night. Um, wearing his wearing his mask on the sideline at a football pitch, where you're in the open air and probably in at least danger of catching it out in the open, um, with a mask on round his chin, well, he had it over his mouth but not his nose. And I thought, well, you know, you don't understand science, and I, I don't really understand science, but I understand how your breathing mechanism works, Sam. But anyway, um, let's talk a bit about Millwall and the season. The 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 show was intended to be a review of 2020, and we've. We've probably done COVID, although it does dominate the whole year, listeners. Um, the year divides into three quite neatly, January to March, which I've called a hopeful period when we we surged towards, well, in the end, we surged towards it. We had quite a few draws, which will be another theme later on in the season. Um, we, we, weren't, we weren't as good in it. We had a couple of decent wins over Luton and the Reading, and then a period of so-so football up until the, the great away win at Forest and to conclude that opening third of the season, um, which I thought would be my highlight of the year. I don't know if you boys would agree that win at Forest was probably the standout point of the season and of the year rather for me. Yeah. Yeah. It was, a, it was an incredible, um, I mean, that first half was probably one of the best parts. First half you'll see me will play in a long time. Um, Matt Smith as well. I mean, I don't know what he was drinking that night or, or the, the night before, but he was he was unplayable. And he he was the player that Millwall have obviously, or the one that, that we've been trying to sign for years, because he was rolling back years. He, he moved well. 
I believe one of his goals was a header as well, wasn't it? Where he sort of uh, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the Jason Malumbi goal, didn't we? That he he, he backed yeah. or touched. Um, yeah, and it was just a really good performance, and I think it was one of those as well with Millwall that um, it weren't it weren't just the fact that you know um, like Forest weren't particularly good. I just I just didn't think they could match us. You know, I thought we was absolutely unplayable that night. I think. We could have quite easily at half time, you know, it could we we could we were saying at half time it could be five, six, seven nil. I think the only reason why it wasn't five, six, seven nil wasn't because Forrest got any better. It was we probably took our foot off the gas because we knew the game was won and we was sort of keeping reserve until what would have been the derby game a couple of weeks after. But I've, it was it was an outstanding performance. And I think if again, that's just a very, very, very smallly touch on COVID, but I think if the season wasn't halted then then yeah, Millwall were definitely in the top six after that because the momentum was superb. Well, that was going to be my question to you, Harry. One of the great what-ifs of Millwall history. What if we hadn't stopped at that point? I think that could be up there with some of the other great what-ifs of, of, of Lions history because we looked really good that night, didn't we? Yeah, a bit like in 1939. We were going well. <laughs> <and> <laughs> a little um, man called Hitler intervened. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then the den got bombed and they had done nothing to repair it. The rest is history, mate. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, I suppose. I mean, I think that, you know, the momentum, that derby game at the den would have been, you know, it would have been rocking, wouldn't it? Yeah. It would have been one of the nights, you know, like the Fulham Friday night game or, yeah. or the Huddersfield playoff game or a Charlton at home or a West Ham. We, we would have known it was our occasion. Um, and to be honest, let's be, let's be brutally honest, not to touch on COVID too much, but that is what Millwall miss. You, you know, um, I think Jed relies on us to call him a prick for 30 minutes and then he gets into a game. And uh, there are some players definitely at that club that are missing us. Um, Absolutely. Of encouragement and so yeah. on and so forth, which there will be with, throughout the football league, and it's not only to Millwall, but Aaron knows what atmospheres are like. There's there's a certain atmosphere at Millwall. It's not a happy, clappy atmosphere. It's a atmosphere tinged with aggression. Let, let's um, be fair. It's not the Bermondsey Lions Cuddle Club, is it? <laughs> no, not the new Bermondsey, not the new Bermondsey Lions Cuddle Club. No, we need to get them t-shirts, mate. We really, really do. The, the, cuddle, um, club, yeah. the cuddle Club t-shirts. But yeah, the, um, I just think that really the season, as you said, can be split into two parts. It's you know, BC before COVID and AC yeah. after COVID, you know, there's two two very similar... That's a good way to put it, Harry. Um, because we obviously then locked down March to mid-June. We were locked down with what I think they call Project Restart came to pass from around about mid-June onwards. Um, I remember watching, Aaron, that first um, return game, which I think was Sheffield United versus Aston Villa on TV in front of an empty stadium. And it was a very weird experience. I didn't know quite know what to make make of it. And it was quite a poor game, was well, Nick. Was it Friday well, night. It was um it was an evening game. I kicked it, yeah, they like, kicked oh, it off right. at, um was it five thirty or six thirty? I can't remember. Yeah, uh, in the in the evening sunshine in the empty stadium. As you know, as as indeed was our return game, which was the the loss home loss to Derby County, played on a very hot um Saturday afternoon, as I remember, um in June. And the whole emptiness and the lack of fans and the whole thing combined to make you wonder what what it is we were watching. I mean, it, it's become normalised, Aaron, to, to play in front of empty stadiums now. And I I, I know that I, I listened to Gary Rowett, um, one of his interviews, saying he doesn't want that to be the new normal. But it's kind of become so, mate, isn't it? It's, it's, football yeah. has adapted to it now. 
Yeah, well, you've had to. There's, there's been nothing else we can do in it. You know, if, if you don't adapt to it, then that, then what are you going to do? Um, it's it's just such a strange, strange sort of concept. You know, when when they mooted this, you know, playing games behind closed doors initially, I was kind of like, no, no, it'll never work. It'll never work. It's become fairly normal now in the sense that people are so used to, the, you know, the standard sort of rigmarole of, of getting up, you know, placing a bet and then sitting and, and waiting for another I follow shit fest, you know, <laughs> literally, you know, that's exactly what it is. It kind of gives me anxiety because you sit and you think, shit, when are, when are we actually going to see fans back, like, properly? When are we going to go to a full ground again? When are we going to, like, you know, yeah, see quality atmospheres again? It's just, it's quite a shit time when you think about it. The whole thing is just crap. Um, it's a general question for you all. When you watch when you watch your TV football, I can't bear the canned crowd noise. I, I, I have to I have to take that away. There's, there's not I can't remember which channel it is, but they have one where they've got the sound of the players and they're apologising constantly for their bad language. But that's although it sounds like you're you're playing in your local sports hall at your leisure centre. Give me that over that canned white noise. Michael, you, you had your finger up there, mate. Did, did you have a, a thought on that? Yeah, no, I, I've, I've got to agree with you there. Um, I think, I think, yeah, I think it's awful. I, th- I think it's very, very sort of tuned in. And it's like, it's like when you play, you, you said earlier on, Harry, about football manager, you know, it's when you play so many consecutive games of FIFA and you get the same comment- commentary line because they've only programmed so many <laughs> sentences. You know, there's only so many times. Oh, he's so good. Yeah, he's so good running down the wing. Jeff oh, he's Wallace. down with COVID down again. <laughs> but I'll t- I tell you what, one thing I was going to say, just taking it back, Aaron, this is, and I'm sorry, Nick, I'm jumping on your, your no, toes. No, but I'm, I'm, I know, Aaron, that you've got, you've got a, a sort of a slight allegiance to Millwall um, and... Um, Maybe and you've been accused of being a Millwall fan um, by some <laughs> Many corners of some <laughs> corners of social media. But from your sort of semi-neutralish opinion, do you think if the season would have continued as a as someone who's not as by like a sort of Millwall good or shit, like someone who's a bit more sort of sensible minded, do you think if the season would have continued normally after that Forest game, we we, we would have made that top six? Yeah. Yeah, because there would have been a few boots up the arses from fans. Let's be fair. Let's be fair. Um, and the fan, the fans play such a big part. You look at some of these drop points that Mill. Well, they drop points all the time. Let's be fair. Um, you know, a lot of these draws. I think a few of them would be wins because the fans play such a part. I think a lot of clubs wouldn't be in the situations they are in if the fans were there. Plus, I think. There's a few managers out there who are getting a bit of a bit of leeway as well, purely because there's no vitriol from fans. Um, you just don't know. You know, these are such hypothetical questions. And you think about it: if this happened, would this? Oh, I, I, it's, it's, it's I just I, I I sit back and I think about a time where football was just football. Like there wasn't all like if you look at this now what we've got we've got some super hyperinflated game where every you know man woman and child gets to have their opinion on social media they get to 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 go on about anything they can hound someone out of a job on social media what happened to the days of just football like i miss it i miss the fact of just going to a ground getting yourself some real overpriced shit quality burger um you know smelling 
random things as you walk up down, you know, down into a ground, getting for a turnstile and getting into a ground and actually just watching a game and going on after the game, listening to the radio and come out at nine o'clock, that was it. That, that ended about it. 1989, 1990, Harry, yeah. before you were born, mate. Harry, you wanted to say something. Yeah, you asked, your question was, do you listen to it with the with, Well, yeah, just, yeah, the, the, the yeah, yeah the cane, it, links the into that, it links into what Aaron's saying there. So I watch it with the mute button on, barring a couple of commentators who I like. So I will okay. listen on iFollow to Carl Bates and forgive me for, it's Max. Max, Max. Um, I'll Max listen Max. to him. I'll listen to Carragher, Neville. But if they're with Martin Tyler, I'll turn it off because Martin Tyler should retire because he's an old, divering man. Um, and it comes, to everyone. It, comes to, it comes to everyone. It comes to everyone. All great commentators know when to call it a day. There's Lynham, Murray Walker, unfortunately. Um, who else? Oh, I think of his name. Well, they're all, they're, 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 they're been... There's thousands who walk to the one way. They go, yeah. It's, yeah. it's time to, in the words of Claude from Arsenal to TV, it's time to go, right? He just makes games worse. So I mute the mute the commentary and, you know, I watch it like I'd be sitting in the den. I, I think that's maybe going back to what Aaron's saying, of it, it, watching the game is the same watching the game. I like to have been, you know, if I'm watching it for my dad and brother, like Millwall, you sit and have the same conversation going, he's been shit. Yeah, like, do you know what I mean? You'll have those same conversations you would do. kind of makes you have a bit of a stand. The plus point is you don't wait 15 minutes for a pint of Angela Peretti at half-time. That's that's kind of the good. The and you can also go to the toilet and not come up with gas warfare either from, from cigarette smoke, which is quite nice, listeners. I quite like that. He's slow, he's slow special. Absolutely. So we, we had that. Don't you that... miss it though, Nick? Yes. Oh, Don't you yeah. miss Bird Shit Corner? I, I miss it terribly, um, and I, I sometimes uh, during the summer times. We're, we're talking about the summertime restart, and then the, that kind of strange close season at the end of last year of August, which was a you know a strange little month where we didn't have any football. But um, you know, it, from my own experience of lockdown, hasn't been too bad. I mean, I'm not saying that to to make anyone angry out there. It, we've got garden. I'm sitting outside. I've got my iPad set up watching the football or sport that's on television in the in the in the garden it's quite nice you know um but all the time i think myself i really miss that um that walk in the rain sometimes from where i park walk down to south bermsey through along Elden road where you kind of get walking around the park the bloke don't walk very fast and then you've got to get upstairs and you sit and you're frozen stiff and all this kind of thing all these little moments and small little details that you that you take for granted and I think it is that that you take for granted um and suddenly they're not there they're taken away from you so as, as pleasant as it is to answer your question Aaron to sit and watch my iPad I've been watching some cricket out there very nice lovely um but don't really beat the experience in my opinion of being at a live sports Millwall. event don't beat being at Millwall it's a it's, which is a different thing again in my it's more of an emotional kind of a thing, isn't it? Going to, going to watch Mill. Not always a happy one. No one never promised you success when you follow the Lions, but you do miss that routine of um, oh, it defines your life in a way. I, I don't know. It's it, I'm not sure I'm going to find the right words at the moment, but it, it is a it is a kind of a, an identity thing, and I'm sure every fan in the country is, is saying this in their different ways. But that's that's our one at, at the den. Um, so no, I, I, I do miss it. Um, and I'm, television will never replace live sport for me. You've become quite the red wine aficionado, though, haven't you? Yeah, we can see by my florid expression on this video call. I won't put this out, listeners. 
Um, I had some last night. Very nice. Well, you know, what, what do you do? You've got to, you, 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 you've got to make the best of it and you can't do your normal thing. So you have to try and, um, I've been a bit wary this, this year, listeners, of, of, of dwelling too much in the past. We've done loads and loads of nostalgic shows looking backwards because that's all you've got but i'm a bit wary of it at the same time it's just that you don't know what the the shape of the future looks like and i think that's probably the main thing to take out of this year review really um because the football just looking at the, the last third of the season september to now december has been fairly indifferent boys i mean i i i, I found it very hard to get you can get angry, but I can't get very excited. We haven't really had many highlights. I suppose the couple of wins I've put down there, win at over Luton and the win at Preston have been the highlights of the of the return. The endless numbers of draws and the negative football um, is, is, is destructive. And the reason it's been destructive is that we are in a national um, situation where you, you need some form of lift and some form of uh, entertainment. And we, we haven't really been supplying it then. We've just supplied a grim grind of points one. <laughs> and a little bit of initial promise turned into mid-table um, averageness. I, I, that's not what you need at the moment. You need a lift. Do you, do you think there's a load of managers out there who are in their jobs purely because clubs can't afford to sack them? I would imagine that we would be loath to, um, we'd be loath to, to get rid of, Gary Rowett. I, I don't think he's, I, I think there's more yet in the Gary Rowett story at the den. I don't think he's a bad manager at all. I think circumstances have been very tough on him. And, you know, you have to keep coming back to the, the one thing that we've mentioned in the show repeatedly over and over the extraordinary circumstances that the COVID pandemic have, in, have imposed. Harry, you wanted to say something about it? Yeah, I think if you look at the championship table, so I'm looking now from 12th down to 24th, how many managers have been sacked? to this point of the season, those teams. So, from to my knowledge, Sheffield Wednesday... Who from Sheffield Wednesday? Sheffield Wednesday have sat yeah, their manager. Yeah, yeah. Derby have sat their manager and got Rooney in. And then that's that, isn't it? I don't think anyone else has sat. How many normal... In this particular circumstances, we're at Christmas, how many managers in the Championship would have been gone? I'm looking at... Good you know, few, I would have thought, yeah. I'm looking at... Well, let's be honest, Millwall. You'd be looking at Millwall with... Aspirations last season of getting in the playoffs. QPR, QPR, QPR. you'd be yeah, looking at Blackburn as well. Yeah, you know, 14th place. Luton probably are doing better than what they should be. You know, you're looking at those clubs. Bristol City should be now probably looking to pull the trigger. They're not in the playoffs. They've spent a lot of money. These are all things that people would have done. Watford madly in fifth have sat their manager. There we go. That's Watford. Um, you know, there would be a lot more goals. A hundred percent, but also it filters from the top down, doesn't it? So the Premier League hasn't sacked as many managers as they normally would do, um, no. and normally you end up with the manager merry-go-round. Although this year we haven't had the hit, we've had the emergency hit big sand button by West Brom. Um, <laughs> so who's next to get a job? It's normally Pardew, uh, Kirby will be mentioned for a job that will um, Holloway is like the bad penny, he'll turn up somewhere. Walnut's got a job. So that's Warnock in a job. You know, there's championship managers that do the rounds, and yeah, but it will take one or two to be pulled the trigger. Um, and once they go, they go. I mean, Eddie Howe's out of work, isn't he? So he's out of work. Michael, so, you wanted to say something there, mate? No, I was, just, I was just going to say, just going back to your point over the start of the season, um, and, and in the sense that you said, you know, there, there wasn't anything to get too carried away with it. And, and you're right, you're right. The, the performances on the pitch haven't been amazing but it's 
I've, I, I always thought for me personally, and, and I'm looking at it here on the screen, that, that the Huddersfield home defeat, even at the time, that really took the wind out of ourselves. Because before that in League and Cup, you know, we're, we're, I'm just looking at it now, we had six wins and three draws from our opening 11 games. Mm. Now, as a Millwall fan, when, when do, in League and Cup, when do we ever start seasons like that? You know, we're always slow starters. You know, like Kenny Jackett always used to say, didn't he judge me after 12 after, games? After Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And Neil Harris used to say similar. But I remember watching that Mill Huddersfield game and I was thinking, do you know what? We, we were at a dross tonight. We were absolutely terrible. Ripped apart by a Huddersfield team who struggled last year, didn't know their identity because of their, you know, they were sacking the Cowley brothers and then appointing other managers here, there. And then after that Huddersfield game, just looking at it, five consecutive draws, two losses, another draw and another loss where Harry, this goes back to what you're saying, that's the kind of form that sees managers go. So I don't, I don't think Millwall's really, really recovered, which just goes to show since that Huddersfield game, we've had one win, the two-nil away against Bristol City. We've not recovered since then. And, we, and had, hindsight being a wonderful thing, that really took the wind out of ourselves. That we've defeat, had a lot of injuries. Uh, we've had a lot of injuries, conventional injuries, I would say, rather than the COVID that we've we, we mentioned many, many times. Um, and I wonder, and maybe maybe um, uh, Harry and Michael, if, if, or Aaron, um, whether that's the kind of the, the sheer mad pace of the season, which looks increasingly, we've mentioned the League Cup already, we've got the FA Cup um, coming up fairly soon now. Um, are we overloading by condensing the season into September to, to uh, end of April, May? trying to stage it in a normal way are we not just inviting injuries and are we not just um you know aggravating it harry go on yeah of course we were but it's the same for everyone um and it, unfortunately yeah, that's the luck of the draw you can't do anything about that what's always going to be the problem with this season my problem with gary rowett is i'm 75 percent i want you gone um and the 25 percent of not wanting you gone is by do you seriously want him gone harry yeah i do i do um, and that's because I don't enjoy the football. And that's... Mm, I I don't think he knows... I'm, I'm sitting in there after all this football we've played. I think we started brilliant under Gary Rowett and he knew his system. He knew his side. He picked his side. We played well. He played the system. That was it. Now, with injuries, OK, sometimes you can't play the players that you want to play because they're unavailable. But this season, there has been a change. There has been a change to a more a system-based Millwall side that doesn't quite work. It doesn't quite click. We still haven't really dealt with the opportunities that we don't create. But last season, with the opportunities that we did create, we knew that Matt Smith would score them. Yeah, that, I don't like Matt Smith, but I knew what Matt Smith can do if we put ball in. We allowed Jeb Wallace to play on the wing. He's our best player. We allowed our best player to play in his position and try and put balls in for Matt Smith. This season, we've moved away from that and the results have followed to go away from that. Any other manager, as Michael rightly said earlier, with that run of form, at the Den, would be under massive pressure. He's never really played good football at the Den. His results have been much better away from home. You're a counter-attacking side that plays better away from home now. Under Aris, it was completely the opposite way around. We'd play well at home and get smashed away from home or whatever, or try and pick up a draw. I think Gary Rowick is a fantastic football manager, but at Millwall, he doesn't have the side to play the football he wants to play. And I don't think that he has learned, he has got that in his head that he can't play the football you want to play. And unfortunately, if you've got to play 4 4 2 to get a 1 0 win, you've got to do that. And I don't think he has that ability to, or hasn't shown me that ability 
that he's willing to change to play the system that suits the players he had on. See, for me, for me, I mean, we've divided the year into thirds um, with, with spaces in between. But this, this, the major event of this last third of the year, the, the season 2020-21, as from the Millwall perspective, has been Gary Rowett abandoning that style. Because I agree that the football's been pretty poor to watch, Harry. Um, and I agree um, that as, as, as the games have gone along, we, we just don't have the players to, to, to play this modern style of um, retaining possession, knocking it around at the back, and then eventually, you know, you find a killer pass, or, or uh, uh, and then the, the ball is put in the net with the right level of player. We just don't have that quality of player. Now, the last couple of games, um, the, the win at um, uh, at, uh, at Bristol, and that was the last result. Was that, was that? Um, Not the Forest at home. Forest at home. We, we adjusted the style to what I would think of as a more direct style, a little bit more like the football that we would probably all have um, called Millwall style traditionally. Um, I'm wondering whether that's not the major event of that last third of the season, because you can talk about results and, and there's been some pretty shocking performances and we all know the ones that we're talking about, but that abandonment of that style of, of, of play struck me at the time as being a really big deal because that's that's Gary Rowick saying, I don't have the ability with this this set of players to to play the way that I want to play. Was, it's was it... weird, Nick, because um, Millwall have just tweeted that Tom Bradshaw and Ryan Leonard have signed contract extensions. So they? apparently they are his kind of players. Okay, that's interesting. Um, in the summer, both from around in the summer. No, uh, year for both. Year for May, both. Maybe I mean I, I I don't I don't dislike either player to be honest. They both have their place in the in the right kind of style, and and, and that may be the style that we've seen in these last couple of games because it, it looks a bit more, um, a bit more effective. Um, Ryan Leonard more than Ryan Woods. <laughs> well, Ryan Ryan Woods. I mean, we've spoken earlier on about the lack of crowd and the lack of fans and the lack of stick. Therefore, because Ryan Woods would have been taking the dogs abuse in normal times because he's, he's playing the ball backwards or sideways. Um, and at the den, that's just not going to work. And, you know, he's, he's, he's kind of escaped that. And I, I don't, I don't wish that on anyone particularly, but you know, he would have got a lot of, of, of um, a lot of comment would have come his way and it hasn't. So his experience with Mill was slightly sanitized wow. as a, as a result. <laughs> Oh dear, there we are. So that brings us up to date. The show's gone in a strange way, listeners. I thought we'd do a review of the year. Mm -hmm. we've, we've, we've spoken a lot about COVID and maybe that's right because that's that has been the dominant um, factor in the whole year. Um, I thought we'd just close out, boys, just trying to identify our highlights of the year, such as they can be. Um, low lights, if you want to mention any. Um, and hopes for the new year. So, um, Harry, what was your highlight of the year, mate? What, what would you pick out? My highlight was beating Charlton, but not the actual beating of Charlton. It was the YouTube from the kid who was behind the goal when we beat him earlier in the season. <laughs> I stumbled across his YouTube, and uh, yeah, it was interesting to see his front room, um, the reaction of <laughs> them as. Jake Cooper made a fantastic overlapping run and, and scored. We don't do that anymore, by the way. We don't do overlapping runs. Sort of. No, shift. we've stopped doing that, haven't we? We stopped doing that. Michael, what's your highlight of the season, mate? Um, 
Can I say my highlight of the year rather than? The oh, yeah, sorry. Yes, yeah, so I keep saying season. Yeah. It's for twenty twenty. Forgive me. Yeah. Listeners. My yeah. my highlight of the year, ladies and gentlemen, listeners, was Millwall one Blackburn nil. Because okay. I remember watching that game, going to bed feeling quite happy that we won. And then two hours later, my wife going into labour and my third born <laughs> happily waiting until Millwall won before being born. What a good lad. You named him after the goals, all right? Yeah, who was that? Yeah. That was, that was um, what's his name? Mason uh, Bennett. Mason Bennett. Baby Mason. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I did, I did consider it. I did consider it. And then... Um, <laughs> and the hospital staff were saying, why are you wearing Millwall clothes in the hospital? And it's like, well, it's the only thing I just chucked off and I've only had two hours sleep, so I couldn't really pick a decent wardrobe. Uh, so, yeah, there we go. Mill- Millwall won, Blackburn nil. What's your me? highlight, Aaron? Um, don't have to be Millwall if you don't want to, but a highlight for the year, mate? The high, the high would have to be um, Forest. I mean, that Friday night, I was like sat there. I think we all sat there like, whoa, what is going on here? Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember it. You know, we've, we've had some eventful nights on our group chat. Let me tell you. Yeah. If that group chat could tell a story, um, it would be unreal. But um, <laughs> It'd be like, li- li- I think it would be costing me a house in libel charges as I well. Mean, I mean, <laughs> can, I, can I just say, Go I was gonna, can I just say, the, the, the listeners, I, I listened to an old show a while back where Aaron said that for a prize... Um, you you could be invited to our group chat over a weekend, and I have to say, <laughs> the morning after a Mike Hayden drinking session oh, is some mate. of the funniest content you'll ever see. The, ever. The, 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 the personal favourite is the "I will survive" blaring <laughs> after a night on mate, the it, It's it's when you have the late night chat, you have the evening chat, you have the night chat, but then the late night chat, which is usually me, Hayden, and Harry. And uh, and then you have Nick chiming up about eight in the morning, going, "Oh, only one thousand seventy-four messages." So, uh, yeah, really, a hundred nonsense messages in the morning <laughs> when you get up having your having your toast and you know marmalade. Um, Nick, Nick's out there scrolling through the group chat, at, like you know, <laughs> just like writing ha 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 to like random messages, picking out you know the prime cuts out of it. Um, <laughs> Like, yeah. like an Italian meat selection, you know, about <laughs> off the good bits and going, oh, that's good. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Nick, Nick, Nick does that. Nick does that. But yeah, the group chat is, um, oh, the, group chat time. Well, the group chat is one of my highlights as well, because that has kept me sane. Um, <laughs> that, that group chat keeps me sane. It probably drives you insane, Nick. On a Saturday morning after a Friday night when Hayden's been drinking. Oh, um, mate, but you know what? What's like, that stuff he drinks? Creme, not creme de malt. What's the, the other? Bailey's. <laughs> Bailey's. <laughs> <laughs> creme de menthe. Four what? o'clock in the morning, he's on, he's on, yeah, the, he's on the creme de menthe cooking up a, a, a lasagna or something. I don't know. But you know, you know what? Like it, it keeps us saying that group chat has really kept me saying. Um, the low point for me has to be QPR away because I I covered that and it was like a roller coaster of emotions. Oh, the three four a real yeah, roller coaster yeah, of emotions yeah, where yeah. I was in the QPR press box, like getting all angry when, like you know. There was missed chances and stuff. I was like literally just losing my shit. And then someone had a tweet saying, you, someone tweeted saying, you sounded really down on radio. <laughs> I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> you got to keep professional neutrality on there, Aaron. I'll tell you. But um, yeah, that was tough. That was tough. My, my highlight, I, th- I think we'll pass on low lights because um, we all know the, the story of the year. Um, my, my highlight is, 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 is two, two similar events. Um, and I think we take our club for granted at times. But um, for my birthday, um, some really, really touching messages were organised amongst the players. 
video messages, which really, really, um, it makes you a little bit emotional when you get stuff like that. And I'm not an emotional bloke, generally speaking, listeners, but it does get to you. And then um, for, you know, somebody not a million miles from, from this, this conversation, we organise a similar thing. Um, and it just reminds you of the, the value of our club, what good people there are amongst the staff, amongst the players mm. and amongst the fans. And it's all too easy. I mean, there's a load of shit that goes online sometimes. And I think sometimes it's easy to forget that because actually, um, you know, this, this, is, this is a wonderful, wonderful club. And I think the, um, the, the support generally, I know it has its moments, don't get me wrong, listeners, but generally you wouldn't want to support any other club. So um, I just wanted to say that because I think that um, uh, we're an easy target for a lot, of, a lot of people. And I think sometimes you have to remember what you've got. So if you, if you were if you were to um to have a, a Millwall New Year's resolution, what would it be? A Millwall New Year's resolution. Um, resolution. Presuming we're going to get some football, um, I, I I would like to see a little bit more verve and attacking football. I I I think Harry, you said it in one of the previous shows where you know we we're all realists. We know we're never going to be wielding the budget to to command the, the high spot. So I just want to see um, a good game of football at the Den. I want to see a bit of attacking football. It'd be nice to win one, get a few goals, of course. But I think I just want to see a bit more um, swashbuckling football. Um, what about you, Harry? What's your New Year's wish? Oh, don't even think I've had a New Year's wish. Um, my wish is that <laughs> um, Millwall back on and playing, hopefully, um, yeah. and the Lionesses get to finish their season. Um, that is a genuine wish for me. They have been my link to football this year. So I'm, my one of my highlights was obviously gaining that as a side, which thank you to Michael and Ryan and obviously yourself for letting me do that, really. Um, and thank you to the girls for letting us have the access. Um, so that's a highlight for me. But going forward in the new year, I would like to see if Millwall can't um, improve and can't go forward. I'd like to see players such as Tyler Bury and Danny McNamara get a chance. Come through, yeah. Um, and be allowed to come through. And I possibly would like Millwall to sell some of the gems for money. And I mean money, you know, real world money. Like, not Millwall money, where we sell some of <laughs> I mean, maybe it is time for, you know, Cooper, Hutch, Maybe it's time because if we need to rebuild the squad for this manager that we're going to back, we either need to back him or sack him basically because we can't play the football he wants to play. And that is really for me the job that we will have to. It was interesting you mentioned one of my notes to myself just on that point, Harry, um, which we won't dwell on because we'll save that for another show. But um, Gary Rowett did call upon Mill to show some ambition in the January period. So that kind of touches on the point that you've, you've made there. Michael, what about your, your New Year's resolution for Millwall? What would you like? Honestly, what I'd like more than ever is a cold beer and a hot pie rather than a hot <laughs> beer and a cold pie. That's all I want in block three. It's from last March. Yeah, yeah, they scribble out the uh, sell-by date on the packet. Um, no, to be honest with you, mate, you, I think I'm in your camp a bit there, Nick. You, you just want entertaining football. I mean... You, you want to go back to the sort of, I mean, the quality might not have been there, but you know when a few years ago when we was in League One, not that I want to be relegated, but that sort of passion you had, you know, when it was like Millwall, Leeds, Leicester, 
you know, Swindon when they was up there and you, yeah. you just knew you was going to get a good game of football. It might not have been like, you know, free-flowing stuff, but as you say, a bit, a bit of liveliness up front, a bit of action. Yeah, just, just, just football that's good to watch. That's, that's all you can ask for. Fantastic. Gentlemen, I'm going to close the show there. I want to thank each and every one of you for your help on making this this show. We had a little bit of a wobble after after Derby, but I'm really glad to say that the show's come back firing on all cylinders. I want to thank Harry, I want to thank Michael, thank Aaron, I want to thank Ryan, and we'll send best wishes out to Mike Hayden and his um, and his partner, uh, Maria. Um, they're not well at the moment. Um, I want to say thank you to you listeners for tuning into the show. Um, we'll be back uh, we've got a game on Saturday so we're playing Coventry so we'll be back next week to talk about that um, hope you've enjoyed this um, review I hope it wasn't too miserable for you um, but thank you all one and all have a happy new year and until next week it's Arriva Dirty Millwall bye for now Thank you for listening to Aston Millwall if you enjoyed the show please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a cheeky little review Till next time. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.